You think he's embarrassed that is that much higher, you know, that much. So now what is he doing? He's reaching all out. You know, he's reaching all the way up to the sun. He wants it. He wants to reach his fullest purpose. Flowers and plants follow the sun. You know, the way, the way that I believe we follow God's light, you know, or God's energy in that movement. And they reach out towards it. And, and it's the reaching out towards the sun that helps them grow, you know, along with the nutrients that it gives, of course, the photosynthesis. Yes. But I had learned something at that moment through just looking at nature that I've carried on with, you know, every time I'm thinking that, hey, you know, am I allowing myself to be drowning in a bunch of perception or notions that I might not actually truly be comfortable with or this, that, the other, I'm not too, too sure about. I just think about that. You know, I think about, I think about that stem that chose to just, you know what, reach out toward the side. It's like, God, I'm going to reach out all the way up to you. All right, you're going to tell me what's what, actually. All the noise down there, it's, it's distracted. Hey, welcome back to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishabani and I'm your host doing the absolute most on this platform where we come back yet again to have another epic episode with another epic guest that is going to school us today and is going to dazzle us with the great things that they're doing for the African continent, on the African continent and the world at large. Now today I speak to a face that has worked with many of the biggest names in the fashion industry and beyond, strutted down some of the most coveted runways in the world and even featured in musical pieces and ad campaigns of many renowned household names such as Sprite, Queen's Park, Jeep and GQ, just to name a few. He's originally from the DRC, which I'm extremely, extremely proud of. His name is David J. Gabamba. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much, Akina. Wow, what an intro. Really happy to be here. That is all you. Like, there were so many uh, names to name. So I just chose like a select few. Sure, no, you chose... Uh... Some nice memorable ones as well. GQ, the Jeep one, Queen's Park as well. Great, great clients as well. So yeah, you did it well, if, if anything. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I want to start with this one. This is not one of the questions that I gave you to sort of warm up to the way that I'm going to like conduct this interview with you or this conversation. Rather. I don't want to think of it as an interview. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be free and just, you know, express yourself. I know this is probably one that many people always have an issue with, right? Especially when you're <clears throat> successful. Whenever somebody asks you, if you were to describe yourself, right, what would you say? If someone came up to you and said, who is David? What would you say? David is a lost man wow. <laughs> trying to understand the world and understands how very limited he, he is in the amount of change he could actually potentially do. But honestly, he just dreams for a much better world. And sometimes it's very weird in a lot of ways, in a very in a lot of unexpected ways, you know? Yeah. So he's a nerd, he enjoys dark satire. Uh, I like to laugh and I would like to see that happening more around the world. A sense of, a sense of acceptance. That is who it is. That is a a beautiful description for me because I love weird people. I love people that are, (laughs) (laughs) I love people that consider themselves to be like outsiders or, you know, I believe that you're not just 
awkward and out there you're like the missing link you're you're different mm. you're unique which is something that we're going to come to within the episode which is something that you said as well but i don't want to give it away so mm. soon <laughs> why do you why do you say a lost man let's let's take a bit of a deeper look into the mind of this lost man lost in the sense that you can never you can never fully be sure of what you're doing mm-hmm. that you can trust what you're doing and that lost in the sense that i believe that being brought down onto this earth and created by god god through my mother god through the universe as, as anyone wants to say it, we were put here to have this divine guidance to help us be able to find our way i think around 18 you realize that oh shucks it okay there's definitely a way that the whole world wants to do one thing you know yeah. but you also grow up and start discovering other routes that have been taken by other people possibly less traveled you mm-hmm. know and at that moment you realize that you know life isn't the straight line you know that everyone goes on and walks through and finding your path is like being in a forest so although i'm a lost physical man i know that i'm not lost when i'm moving with his guidance mm-hmm. or with guidance or with wisdom so in me saying lost is also another way for me to reinforce my physical limitations yeah as god would have said as well you know that he put a cap on man's intelligence and it's me just reinforcing that that i know nothing that i am lost you know i never know enough so therefore i will only seek to find a truth so i will always seek to find a light and and i'm going to continue searching for this you know yeah as i move forward this is going to help me move forward the more knowledge the more light i find um, you know i'm only trusting that i'm at the right place following this feeling every single time we just started and we're already asking all of these existential questions <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a great. Now you did mention that you are a nerd. And so this is going to bring me back to how you basically broke into the industry, right? Ironically, because you were mm. you were not even there. Like you were just minding your own business, standing by the bus stop. And this sure. person yanks you from the back and is like, Are you interested in modeling? And this person actually turns out to be someone that I met recently and I had no idea. Oh. This is the kind of influence that he had, mm. even scouting one of the best models that I have personally witnessed growing up. So that's Komotsu wow. Boko. And I actually Absolutely. met him. Yeah. Funny story at a presenter search audition. So mm. so yeah. Oh right. <laughs> yes, yes. You you were there as well? I was actually there at the Joburg oh, okay. um hey. top 50 whatever. But yeah, basically. So that's that's another, <laughs> that's a story for another day. But that was the yes, guy that yes, scouted we'll, we'll you. And you were literally standing by the bus stop. You're in high school. You had just written an exam and point was um he scouted you and you eventually then said okay let me try this thing out um and you went back to him went back to his agency but this was only after you had written your matric so that means education is something that's very important to you how important do you think education mm. is and this is coming from somebody who is extremely successful within the modeling industry and I'm not going to put a cap on your success because I know and I believe that you still have so much more to conquer so much more to achieve how important has education been to you and not just education like book learning but like education in life superb i think the perpetual search for knowledge is absolutely critical for a human to reach their fullest potential it never stops uh you will not necessarily use everything you know every single time but 
that's what I love about how God set things up, you know, because, you know, when you grow up and you see most of the world can go this way and then you start seeing other routes that are less traveled and you start to understand more about the world as well, you know, yeah. from a different perspective, knowing that there's always this perspective that's been presented to you. So we all know what that's about, you know? So education for me is, education is important. I always said that I remember when, when I didn't have the chance to go to varsity right after matric. So right after that exam and everything that you just mentioned, yeah, you know, two weeks before varsity starts, we find out there's no money for varsity. All right. Mm-hmm. So never before have I had a whole year free. Hell, my weekends weren't even free with my family. You know, mm-hmm. so now the entire year is open. I was kind of scared. I was, you know, I was a bit afraid as well. Yeah. But over time, I began to understand as well, though. I began to see a different side of the norm, you know, sort of existing outside the walls, in a sense. For example, right off to school, you go to varsity. But although it's varsity, you're still, it's still a school. It still has four walls. Yeah. So although a lot of people, you know, expect their lives to begin at that moment, you know, and suddenly expect I'm an adult now, I'm 20, I'm 21 now, you know, and and, and you realize that there is still a whole lot that one would not be aware of. Should I have remained, for example, in a school foundation Mm -hmm. that I am happy for the knowledge that I got to learn through my life experiences. And it had made me realize that when it comes to seeking education or seeking knowledge that one should know and be sure of what knowledge it is that they want one should search for specific knowledge often in our lives in our society we see lots of children making that jump straight from high school straight to varsity two years later they drop out change subjects one year later they drop out change subjects as well or they just drop out completely understanding that a lot of people are actually realizing and finding themselves understanding themselves a lot later in their 20s than they do in those earlier lives when you're expected to immediately making a run towards something but you don't even know you don't even truly understand why you're making this run you know yeah for example there was one time in 2010 2007 I think I read somewhere and please correct me if I'm wrong I'd love to know but where it said that the Congo had the most amount of people in the world with PhDs you know wow and for me I I, I mean you know what I did I didn't have to even double check it to believe it but please check that fact for me because I really love it and you look at a population you look at a statement like that for example but you go in that country and and there's hardly any jobs available. You know, the part of your line is like above 80%. Yeah. You know, bet even more. So you realize that what's the point of knowledge if it's not being applied, mm-hmm. right? What's the point of knowing all these things if you're not able to apply it somewhere? So one should want to acquire knowledge, but one should one should be sure and clear about why, why they want to acquire the knowledge that they're acquiring, you know? And this is beyond, and it stands alongside knowledge and education that we receive outside of the formal space. Mm-hmm. as well you know we yeah. receive information and knowledge through music through tv through news through that you can determine what you want to know and the knowledge that you know will determine the kind of decisions that you make and that's true you know i, I definitely agree um, with that. and so because of that knowing what we want to achieve and the reason for why we want to achieve those things is important to help us understand what kind of specific knowledge we should be seeking for because that is important know what it is so that you can be the best person at that task and truly help that space or that part of the world in whatever area to grow. Absolutely. But never want to stop learning. No, you definitely yeah. have what, a point. What, so I really relate with that being a lost soul because I still feel like I'm still finding that thing, which is 
why it's so important to be intentional about what I'm feeding myself with, what I'm learning, um, what kind of knowledge I'm trying to acquire, because I feel like I'm just trying to learn so much, but is it going to be beneficial for what I need to know or where I need to go mm. right now is the question. So, yeah. Mm. You never know. You know, I remember in church, you know, when we first got to South Africa, like 2003, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm eight years old, and, and there was a point I was tired of being in Sunday school. I feel like it was too childish. We're just playing games here. You yeah. know, <laughs> and I wanted to know what was happening in the big room, in the big people's room. Yeah. So one day I asked mom if I could sit next to her, you know, and be there. And of course, over time, you know, that's then where I was. But quickly, I think maybe a year or two later, I asked her, maybe a few months, I'm pushing it. But I asked her, I remember one day I said, why do you write stuff down? You know, because she would always have a book and a pen there and so did a number of other people, you know, yeah. making notes. And I just chose to mimic her like as well you know I would choose to write whatever sounded nice to me as well but one day I asked her why do we write these things down you know I feel like what the pastor said you know wasn't about me and she said in life it's good to collect knowledge because sure what he might have spoken about then was not for you may though it may not have been for you if it was definitely for someone else that doesn't mean that you will not go through what that person did as well and with this knowledge, with, with this recording of this as a case study already, you will be able to know how to move differently and how to yeah. be able to overcome that challenge. Like, although I watch and I try and be careful about what I choose to either consciously or subconsciously absorb, you know, by like the just spaces that you allow yourself to be around the conversations, you allow yourself, you know, the sort of perspective that you just let yourself listen to, even if you're not about it. I don't shun new information no mm-hmm. matter how as well no matter how unrelated at that moment it might be to like what whatever is my priority at the moment it's i just assume that because of the state of mind that i'm in and and the trust that i am moving with the guidance of god and with the with the wind of god that i'm going to trust that everything i'm listening to right now although i don't understand it's relevant to anything in my life right now i'm just going to make a mental note of it it's just like shut i heard that cool mm-hmm. You know, no matter how preposterous it might be, because you never know when that knowledge might actually come into play. It's amazing how much we can learn, you know, and where we can acquire knowledge as well. Yeah. I was sitting in the gardens and I realized how much he put it all over us. You know what I mean? We're, we're searching for wisdom through books and gurus and, you know, life travels and seminars. But you watch nature, you know, you'll be able to see and pick up so many life principles from there. That is education that is infinite, always around you. You know, I remember I was sitting down there and it was early in the morning and I was finishing this book while taking a break on a painting, right? I sort of worked the whole night on it and I told myself that, uh, like I always reach points where I tell myself, I don't want to wake up and see this piece unfinished tomorrow morning. My next sleep must be the sleep of reward. I must like the sleep of satisfaction and fulfillment that I've completed this thing. So at times, although I might hope to finish at midnight, I might just have to just push through on the whole night. And so I've ended up seeing and watching a lot of sun wake up. And what I noticed then was my mom is someone who likes to plant vegetables, you know, out of the back. And she had planted one of our favorite ones, pondu. Mm-hmm. Right? So we got the pondu there. And you know how the pondu stems grow. You know, they grow tall as hell, man. You know, they just shoot straight up. Yeah. But now as I'm watching this, you know, in the sun, the sun just started to like shine on it. And I look at this, you know, at this moment, you know, I'm sort of having 
a bit of anxiety with with this new route in modeling I, I mean in art I'm like you know is this really the move to do you know should I really do this should I really do that although this has been something I've been doing since I was four years old you know there's nothing that's ever been more true wow. I look at this pondu over there right and mm-hmm. yeah this push of pondu and literally there might have been maybe roughly maybe 15 stems yeah almost creating like a table of green leaf and there was one dude one stem though that was like triple their height and at that moment i'm like he's not afraid you think he's embarrassed that is that much higher you know that much so now what is he doing he's reaching all out you know he's reaching all the way up to the sun he wants it he wants to reach his fullest purpose flowers and plants follow the sun you know the way the way that i believe we follow god's light you know or god's energy in that movement and they reach out towards it and, and it's the reaching out towards the sun that helps them grow you know along with the nutrients that it gives of course the photosynthesis yes but I had learned something at that moment through just looking at nature that I've carried on with, you know, every time I'm thinking that, hey, you know, am I allowing myself to be drowning in a bunch of perception or notions that I might not actually truly be comfortable with or this, that, the other, I'm not too, too sure about. I just think about that. You know, I think about, I think about that stem that chose to just, you know what, reach out towards the side. It's like, God, I'm going to reach out all the way up to you. All right, you're going to tell me what's what, actually. All the noise down there, it's it's distracting. It's tough to make up my mind over there. So education, knowledge we can acquire, it's all over us. Uh, the alchemist calls it omens, mm-hmm. you know, refers to it as omens as well. And to remain in a conscious state of awareness, you know, when you have that burning desire so that you can catch the specific knowledge, wisdom that'll help empower you to better do what it is that you're on the path to doing hopefully it is what you're meant to be doing as well you got me worried there your silence i was like david 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 not even not even no right (laughs) if i'm sitting there and i'm quiet it's because i'm just captivated and i want you to speak i'm literally just here to facilitate the conversation i'm not even to the best of my ability i'm trying to not even be a part of the conversation i'm just trying to get the juicy bits out of you i'm just Mm. sitting here soaking in as anybody else and i am so blessed to have heard what you just said to me like what you just said to us that was so beautiful thank you you for the opportunity honestly when you said that one was on its own and it was just reaching to the sky and obviously it looked like an awkward stem because anybody that would look (laughs) what on earth is this one stem trying to do like you you feel like chopping it off exactly it all just looks like a uniform yeah and that's that's not what we were called to do man like we were oof like I almost cried. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Oh man! I feel like amen, I feel like man. God was just saying you should listen to this. Like I've been telling you, and I've been telling many of the people that are listening to this right now that you just mm. need to follow me. Like forget about what else is happening around you. For that's not the point. That's not why you're here. And so before I hijack the episode. Um, <laughs> We have heard and we have seen on your Instagram, those of us who have interacted with you, if you have not yet, his handle is David J. Kabamba, just normal David, D-A-V-I-D-J-K-A-B-A-M-B-A, right? David, of course, because we're Congolese, so I'm saying it the French way. That I is... like the way you say it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
I will continue. You're an artist in your very own right. And even more so, you are thinking we have very much so have gotten a glimpse of your mind. And I love that. I really love getting into people's minds and just understanding how they work because it's usually complicated and different and not something that you can just glance at and understand. It's something that you need to take time to really appreciate because you you might never understand it. But it's being able to to realize the beauty and to appreciate the beauty and to understand that this is just god's creation and it's amazing so oh, how do you manage to... it. thank you it's a pleasure <laughs> you how do you... With words, like, right <laughs> i am a poet yeah. so it kind of comes with the territory uh... but <laughs> yeah <laughs> how do you then manage to, to separate yourself from the stereotype that models are two-dimensional beings we can see that you're very like you're literally like four or five d at this point how do you manage to separate that it's not like you're constantly trying to pitch to people that this is what i am and this is what i'm not but how do you make that difference that a i'm not your typical model yeah you're right when you say you know it's not something that i go out of my way to do you know it's sort of you just are as you are you know you behave as you want to yeah but it came from first understanding what the stereotypes were and while you're surrounded by them, you know, you're, you're, you start to almost understand where the perceptions or misunderstandings would come from. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Start understanding how, what behaviors could bring a certain perception, you know, especially, you know, if it's just perpetuated and the people involved have never gotten the chance to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. So how I go about it is that I have to be honest with myself and realizing that those behaviors weren't my behaviors. And some people and a lot of people do this, you know, in like in other industries where they become their work, you know, that they attach a personality to their work and they make that personality their character then, you know what I'm saying? And they yeah. bring it and they start basically bringing their work self into their life self and social self. You know, one has to be able to mentally, psychologically almost separate the two. You know, I'm sure they're interlinked, but that when I look at some of the actions that would bring that would bring about the stereotypes that we now hear or know, I knew that those actions or behaviors were not me. You know, when you yeah. mentioned, for example, what are the basic model stereotypes that we all know off the top of our heads, this inverted commas that we know that models are A-headed lack ambition what's the best word sakina you're a lawyer what's the best word to explain <laughs> that they are also vain two-dimensional vain self-centered yeah dimensional and also dull potentially use the aesthetic to manipulate or take advantage of people and me already knowing these stereotypes prior to being a model meant that I was just trying to see how real these stereotypes were. Mm-hmm. Now, for the most part, to my astonishment, majority of models are not about any of those stereotypes. And you really understand that just like in a bunch of other things, it's really, it really is a few rotten apples, you know, who mess up the whole bunch. Yeah. Most of the models that I know have things going on for themselves. Most of them have business intellect, you know, and are pushing things that, are not in our commercial thoughts of this and that because they're not that. Yeah. You know, that modeling for a lot of people is actually nothing but a side gig that they do, especially locally speaking. And later on, I also got to understand that these stereotypes actually don't come from our African environment, that the whole stereotype about models comes from other America or Europe, you know, yeah. because that's where the fashion capitals are. And I started to understand more about this sort of personality chip, you know, that when people start doing 
a certain work, they then install a chip within themselves. Because look, I view our bodies as vessels, but also as machines, as robots, and our brains, the hard drive, that you as the sort of caretaker of this vessel have the ability to code and rearrange the codes, write new codes, you know, add applications, remove programs. So people though choose to take on this chip that they assume is what they will need in order to best achieve in this industry, whatever field that they choose to go on. And we see a lot of that happening, you know, so new models keep joining the game with the idea that these are the kind of people that they need to become in a sense in order to fit in and they start becoming in inverted commas models and it's always weird to me I'm like what is that that's yeah I know the activity but then people make it a personality and that's weird you know we all do different things we're all gonna have different activities but that is not who you are mm-hmm. it's what and it may have taught you a lot for sure because we can learn about life from anything we can all be in five different fields and we can learn the same principle for example you know and so I have tried to not let myself be infected with the virus of such the stereotypes or the actions that that help perpetuate the stereotypes never sat well with me either I wasn't comfortable with them and it didn't sit well with the person that I wanted to become Mm -hmm. you know I don't like any of those people Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't like yeah. anyone else. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to want it for myself. I know that's not me, you know? Did I maybe not know at the time that I began what it was really that I wanted to do with my life in terms of like, hey man, I really want to do this. This is my life's goal and purpose. I didn't have a sense of purpose, that's mm-hmm. for sure. You know, I mean, we're still working the kinks out right now, but we're starting to see it a lot more clear than we did before. So back then, I just had to just, I just had to be honest with myself, like, these are not the things that I am. And I definitely don't want to be so unaware that I end up becoming this, you know, spending so much time in the space of a group of people who are, who are reinforcing these stereotypes, but not by mistake. And then one day wake up and I'm that person. I never wanted that for myself. I never wanted that to be me. And I also knew that that was not me, that I'd be lying to myself if I was that. I'd be cringing the whole way through. And for what as well? Yeah. You know, because I've seen people change. You know, I've seen people change on the spot, become arrogant, become egotistical. What I call misguided ideology of being powerful. That's from the belief that when someone speaks of being powerful, I believe that in the world itself, right? In the word itself, powerful refers to being full of power. Mm-hmm. right at that mm-hmm. moment i'm like i feel like i just don't think it's it means one ingredient like i feel like it refers to a fullness that is made up of a combination of things you mm-hmm. know what i mean and i thought about what those were and we've all heard of those and it's the simple once again you know simple powers of i believe the power of the spirit the mind and the body and it is the understanding and the wisdom of all these three powers that makes you powerful yet we live in a society where individuals who have only but acquired one of these powers end up having a sense of superiority complex believing that they are superior than others and that is where the issue is for me where starting with the spirit we have people in the world who believe that because of the knowledge of the spirits and high dimension believe that they are more superior than you we have priests or pastors who can believe that they're superior than the congregation because of their knowledge their assumed knowledge of the spirit world for me that doesn't make it powerful we have people who think that they're better because they have acquired the power of the mind 
how many people do you have around us? Because they got an insane amount of degrees and PhDs. And, and, and because of this, they feel that they're better than others because they know more about certain things. And then you then have people, and this is what brings us to modeling, because they think that they have acquired the power of the body. And the misconception about that comes from when your body or your physical appearance is being praised. And so immediately a sense of belonging or acceptance, which I think is an inherent human desire, comes into play and one can easily be sucked in by that so much so that they then do believe that they are more, that they are more powerful, you know, that they're superior. And that for me is a problem. I didn't want to fall into that. I understood that it's a lie and it's a misunderstanding of the same. And I want to be powerful. I really do. Therefore, balancing all those three, understanding that it's the consistent acquiring of knowledge of all the three mm-hmm. simultaneously. That brings the balance and calm and peace of mind I need in my life. But also, I do I really feel a lot stronger, like unshakable and unbreakable. My spirit is strong. My mind is strong and keep my body strong as well, but physically strong because I needed to do what I have envisioned it to do. You know, I needed to do what my mind is thinking, inspired by the spirit. Wow. That's definitely like the superior states of being. Mm. We try, eh? Yeah. Have you thought about that as well? Yeah. I think I have. With me though, I need to control my mind. Yeah. My mind and my body more. With my spirits, it's like, you know how the Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So it's been. It's been <laughs> flesh is weak. Yes. Like very. Yeah. So it's been like mind control because you know how we are powerful beyond measure, right? Because we have the potential to be that powerful because we're made to be like God. So it's just being able to control the mind but not within my own strength because that clearly fails because then you, you know, you, you become controlled by a fleshly desire and that's, that's not what God intended for us. So ultimately we go back to the spirit, which is just strengthening the spirit because that then brings everything else in line. You know, and for anyone listening as well, who might not necessarily be a person of faith, you know, mm. I believe that, I believe that science is but an explanation of what happens in the spirit, you know, exactly. like it, it doesn't exist there to disprove the existence of God in any way. No, so you're telling me that man is made of blood. That's how he made them. Yeah. You knowing that doesn't tell, that it doesn't disprove his existence at all. Exactly. But that when we say strengthening the spirit and you're not a person of faith like that, it is proven for sure, you know, that the same actions that we practice in our religious practices to help what we will say bring us closer to God are the same actions that a psychologist would advise for you to take, like as well, in order for you to, to reach a much more sense of actual calmness within yourself and to bring about clarity to your mind, not even involve the spirit, which is an act of meditation. You yes. Know, that, yes. Listen, in Congolese churches, people are loud. There's no <laughs> silent, nothing. Okay. But you know that, but you know that there might be somebody there, you know, who's kneeling down while 90% or 99% of the congregations are hands up and shouting. Someone is kneeling down, you know, with their hands together, you know, sort of rocking back and forth. And it kind of sounds like a murmur mm-hmm. or they're just rocking back and forth, you know, they're rocking back and forth the silence and feeling like in that silence, they are feeling their spirit being fueled and filled up and they're feeling their mind, having a sense of release from it, whatever tension that was there. That's the exact same thing as meditation. You're just focusing no longer on what you are feeling in the physical. 
but you're accepting that there is a psychological and therefore beyond that potentially subconscious the subconscious can be i believe equated to the spirit because we do not understand it we do not know where it is yet it is majority in control of how we behave maybe not so much in that sense because the spirit guides you the right way you know i think the subconscious is filled with information that we expose it to yes but still in the same light you can help heal it through those actions you know whether you're sitting down leaning down asking god or you're meditating yeah Absolutely. And I think the same goes with making sure that your body is sound, even fasting. I was actually shocked to see that fasting has become a practice that many people actually use now to make sure that mm. you know, they're keeping themselves in shape and stuff. And it's like, wait, but that's that's a God thing to do. That's, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like when people come up with thing. like meditation and stuff. And I'm like, but no, wait, but like Jesus said this, this is scriptural. Like He's been telling us. It's been like this is something that he brought. Like this is not new. Like don't get it twisted. This is a him thing. And so, but if it wasn't for, I mean, of course we know the scriptures, but like exactly to date. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, Mm. it's it's you know, and that has to do with approach. Why is it that our generation, you know, is less interested in church than our parents? Mm. You know, and I think it's the approach that is being taken in presenting the idea. The end of the day, that, that, that's all it can really be as well. We who believe in the higher power are not more right than someone who does not believe in it. You know, mm-hmm. both realities are absolutely really true. But I think like anything, that things do need to shift with the times. And that I do agree, you know, with the people who might, for example, say that some of the things in the Bible, for example, you know, can't be brought into this time over here because that was two and a half thousand years ago mm-hmm. and i'm like sure sure i understand that and you know there's perceptions that even our bible you know is an all truth and even us as believers right now have to accept that hey man somebody went back on word and edited a few things here mm-hmm. possibly you know understanding understanding the truth that religion can be used as a weapon of control but that doesn't disprove the truth that are in it and yeah. that god was wiser from that time already Mm-hmm. You know, when he was telling us already to fast because he understood or oh, he understood the impact that retention like that does to the mind, and mm-hmm. to the psyche. You know, I think our minds ends up being more reliant on physical absorption of things or acquiring of things in order for you to feel comfortable. Right there as well, it tells us the kind of route that we need to take in order to get people to where, to where we want them to be in terms of thought process you know that it's about approach and this is actually something that you said in one of your interviews with Sowetan and Mm. I quote most people think that being pretty or handsome and having a great body is all that it takes but models are not pretty they are unique first of all when I saw this I was like oh snap when I thought of it and I was like like flashing back to basically every model that I've or most models that I've seen or like ads and stuff like that I was like no wait but the reason why this was so effective or so powerful was because this person stood out and what makes you stand out your uniqueness and that was dang like you know because it's like not pretty they're unique and then you think of very interestingly sculpted human beings like very mm. different i'm speaking about like alec weck Ajuma mm. Nasanyana. i'm speaking of like people that yeah. when you see even grace jones at our time you see what yeah. i'm saying so like very unique looking like i keep using the word unique but like very different for lack of a better word I don't know just yeah 
out of this world looking people, those are the ones that like are definitely featuring on Vogue, are definitely going to strut um, on the run. And we, we missed it because we were all trying to look like them instead of just finding what makes us look like us and going with it. Please elaborate on that. Yes, yes. But you, but you touched on it at the end there. It's not pretty because it's unique. Well, it's not pretty. It's unique because pretty or beauty, honestly, honestly, everybody hear this out, honestly, is in the eyes of the beholder. Mm-hmm. It is not a lie. One person not being attracted to another, I believe, cannot say that someone else is not beautiful. I've honestly learned because of modeling, because of the difference in people's faces or uniqueness, you know, as we've said, mm-hmm. um, my idea of beauty has changed. Show magazines have a big influence on it, but it's celebrities, it's movies and music, music videos coming from my sort of background. Just hip hop has a huge influence. And then you find yourself then when you're a teenager and you're trying to, you know, figure out how to talk to the opposite sex or what you're attracted to or what you're going to, because there's what you're attracted to and then there's what you're going to end up actually acting on, Yeah, you know? And I hope that for your sake, that you're being true to yourself. You know, I actually feel for this person, truly feel for them, but would rather go for someone who fits society or their group or their circle of people standards with regards to what beauty is. And then they lose out in the end run. The uniqueness in models is out of the ordinary. And as well now, perception and how something is presented or approach also then comes into play because then... If anybody is presented in an aspirational light, people are drawn to it. That is a marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know, once you know what people want and you know what people ultimately aspire to, then you give them an image of that, you know, so that they aspire to that. But that has had a weird impact on how we view beauty. Yeah, you know, because then we then think that because this thing is pushing our faces so much, not because it is, but actually because it is pushing our faces so much, our own subconscious, which is literally programmed to just listen to you in terms of like whatever you expose it to, it's just going to absorb it so that it can make decisions that you don't have to consciously think about. You can't consciously be thinking about everything that you're doing because then that's going to be too much for your conscious brain. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that was amazing. But part two is going to be coming to you right here on your favorite podcast of all time next week. Do make sure that you come on, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a family member, and let's make Sakina Speaks a household name. Continue to share, like, subscribe on every platform that you can. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and many more. Go on to Instagram and follow us on Sakina Speaks underscore. That is S A K I N A S P E A K S underscore. Again, keep the conversation going keep coming back to the podcast and keep sharing this with someone that is going to definitely enrich enlighten and change for the better take care stay blessed sakina has spoken